everyone, it is episode 268 of Wait For It. This is Whole Life. I, I still am not used to saying that as part of the podcast yet. And You're getting it, though. I'm getting That's it. Good. And my daughter, Ellie's like, That's a way better title, anyway, Dad. And I'm like, Well, it was Pastor Ken's idea. Just saying. Oh, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> All right. This week, we are going to begin with our new favorite section. It's going to become something new on the podcast. I decided this without Ken's approval. What? Or Jeff's approval for wait that. Wait a minute. I know. Well, oh, wait a minute. Um, now, this is Ray speaking, just so that we're clear on this. <laughs> and so Ray has made this, uh, has made this, and he's opening the show for Randy today. But our new favorite section is called The Velvet Sledgehammer, previously known as – that seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? <laughs> so as you can recall, last week we discussed waiting a little further into the episode for it, and the hammer was going to fall again this week. And two guys that were sitting here might have made a little mutual agreement about buying one another ice cream if the hammer was was going to fall this week or not. And uh, <clears throat> I realized this week that Ken is likely a really good fisherman. Is that true or false? I fished all of once in my life. No way. Way. My, in fact, my son was just telling me this week he wanted to go fishing. I was like, I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I can whistle, you know. I don't fish either. Growing no. up in Wisconsin as a not – Never fishing, never really? hunting, really? which is an anomaly, right? Because like when it's deer hunting season, everybody's gone yeah. fishing. And I'm just like, my dad was never into it. I was never into it. So it, that's the thing. So not a good fisherman. See, now now I'm really – good thing I'm not a betting man. <laughs> but he, he did put some fancy bait on the hook last week. I mean, pralines and cream ice cream. That yeah. shines pretty good in this guy's eyes. Yeah. With me fully expecting that the Velvet Sledgehammer moment would come as usual, as expected, yeah. just like this is the new thing. Yeah. So as a man of my word, Ken and I are going to be headed to our local ice cream shop after today's taping <laughs> for a couple of scoops any way he wants it of pralines and cream done. on me. Done, well done. done. Well no, done. no velvet hammer, hammer this summer. This last I did, week, you know, honestly, this was. I want to say it was one of the, the the whole service in general. Let's just go there. Was probably one of the biggest surprises I've had from a message in a while. Okay, because I'm I'm expecting wow. that you know anytime you talk about the Bible, and immediately you're thinking to yourself, well, we all know that we interpret different things. And who who brought up the the versisms? When was where was Versitis. that? Versitis. Versitis. That was Richard. Yeah. Where was that? Was that a, was that during the? Program? That was during the Q and A. During the Q and A. Versitis. I knew I heard that. It's somewhere. actually an Ernie Bursey. Uh, I love I love Doctor Bursey. Yeah. That may, have you met Doctor Bursey yet? I'm not sure if I have. Well, you'll yeah no you haven't because if you had met him you'd remember that you'd met him you would definitely not be like oh I don't remember no he's definitely he's an amazing guy full of a ton of knowledge. And Versitis, I love that because usually when you start talking about the Bible as Christians, it's immediately one of those. Well, pretty sure you know, pretty sure I know what it says, and I'm pretty sure I feel pretty good about where I'm at because I've got a ton of things that I like the way that they put maybe most of my beliefs, and they seem to support what I believe, and so, or at least in the way I see it. But then there's that always that other part of it where it's used as the hammer, and there's always there's not always a lot of velvet on it. And this week, you said, and you chose, you chose Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, and you said, anytime you talk about scripture, this is what you know. This is where, where we start. This is where we have to begin. And I'll just read it quick in case you're not familiar. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And I liked how you said in our lives that was pretty good. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 
And then you said, but, and I was like, ooh, here it comes, here it comes. But I always like to use this verse before these two verses, which is just go back two verses in 2 Timothy 3.15. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And you said, what are we being saved from? We're being saved from a broken relationship with God and saved into an unruptured friendship with God. And that immediately changed. I was like, wait a minute. Did I just hear what he had to say? Like, Was that the right way that I should be hearing this? And so I heard that at first. You repeated it at second, so I knew (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was not incorrect. But when you think about it, the way you that you put that out there, that we're really just trying for a friendship, now that raises a whole bunch of other questions. But then it totally changes why I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> all right? There's all these things we were taught as a kid as to what you use the Bible, and then the adults show us what you do with the Bible. And that's to have great arguments that you can win <laughs> and, and beat each other up with it. Yeah. And then when you realize how outside people – view <laughs> view Christianity, you go, this makes so much sense. So I didn't feel like this was the Velvet Hammer. I felt like this was an invitation hmm. to completely just, if, you, if you're stuck in that space where that's what you know or that's where you're at, this is an invitation for a friendship. Mm-hmm. I like the sounds of that. Tell me more. <laughs> it sounds like you're already sold. So I, you know, come you know, back I to don't... church on... <laughs> Yeah, next Saturday. Come back we'll, next uh, week. Come back. There'll be a bunch more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. Zdravko, Doctor Zdravko Stabanovic, he says it's an. He says it's sort of like the same way Ernie Bercy said. He, you know, he says a lot of all of us study the Bible, scripture by scripture, verse by verse, and we 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 want to do what the verses say as opposed yeah. to what the Bible says. What he's saying is he's saying there's a there's there's a wonderful theme throughout the Bible that gives us an idea of God's redemptive love for us and trying to heal that. And what we do is we end up taking the individual scriptures or chapters sometimes that we use just to be able to create that hammer, mm. just so that we can have something that we can identify with that fits our rather than rather than trying to figure out how we can fit into the relationship with God, we try to figure out how we can make the box fit so Jesus can fit into ours. That sounds really good Mm. to think about it as a friendship. But, I mean, we all have friendships that – or I should say relationships, maybe more in general, that we don't do very well at. I've been married 21 years and there's been days, maybe even weeks, where things haven't been so great Largely do, you know, to, you know, I own at least half of them, probably more in my marriage. Yeah. I mean, how do we tell somebody that, I mean, I guess it's your view of what a relationship or a friendship is, whether or not maybe this is, is as appealing as I think it is. You know, I think that you make an interesting point is that sometimes if you've never had a healthy friendship or relationship modeled to you. I think it can be incredibly difficult to understand what it means to have a healthy relationship with God. If someone is going, yes, thank you, I, I, <laughs> I feel the same way, I don't really know. I think I've had maybe little glimpses, but what does it mean to – because it's hard enough when 
I love my wife to death. But at times, you know, you just you don't agree. You don't get along. You don't see things the same way and things are difficult and there's friction and there's tension and there's, you know, all of these things. And yet, of course, you still make the decision to be together all the time and to continue to love each other and support each other. But that's a tangible person. I can touch her. I can kiss her. I can hug her. She can comfort me when we've had a fight and I and I the same or when someone, you know, something goes wrong in her life. And with God, that's a that's not the same thing, is it? I don't feel it. I don't feel like it is, at least in my experience. I mean, I, I've heard God talk to me ex- one time in my entire life that I know hmm. without. That's probably more than most people, actually. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think so. I See, I feel like that's not a lot. And I feel like it's just I know. I just know that I was it, I, I was sober at a time <laughs> when, I, when I typically wasn't. Right. It was the first the first time I went over to see Heather before we were married, before we, we weren't dating. She buzzed me up to her apartment and I she opened the door and I was like, as clearly as I am speaking to you and I hear you guys in my headphones, God said, you're going to marry this woman. That, that simple. And it wasn't like there was angels or lights or anything else <laughs> crazy that we might, you know, but I have no doubt. No doubt in my mind that that was the voice of God speaking through my consciousness to me. And I never doubted for a second. Five months and a day later, we were married. Oh. So that – so maybe if that's – maybe that's more than most people get. <laughs> but even if it is, that's – I mean, how do you have – Well, on probably the largest decision in your life, that's a good time for God to show up and well, talk to you, you know? How can you tell somebody or invite them to this when I feel like I've been searching for that thing – for a long time in my life. And I don't feel like there's, there's a lot of times where I feel like I believe in God. I trust in God. I pray to God. I pray for, you know, my kids, my family, for others. But what's the tangible? I I don't, I don't often feel the tangible. I mean, I think that's exactly what we're talking about the Bible. There it is. There is the tangible, you know, a, a letter is different than a conversation. Sure. But uh, letters can be incredibly meaningful. My children tell me that they love me all the time, and I'm grateful for that <laughs> right now in their life. But some of the times that means the most is when they've left a note on my on my desk. I actually have some of those little notes, the, those sticky notes, or I love you, Daddy, or something <laughs> like that. And it's even it's important to hear that from the people we love, but to see it in writing, there's something about that, that that's kind of special and. Um, I do think it it is a little bit different when you start talking about our relationship with God versus the relationship with the people we, we can see. And yet the fascinating thing to me is that over and over and over again, the Bible uses marriage imagery to, to describe our relationship with God. I found it interesting that the, the most sacred book in the Old Testament, according to the Jewish people, is Song of Songs. Um, really? Yeah, they they believe that to be the most sacred of all the uh, the books of the Old Testament because they see it as God's love song for His people. His it's and and so they they find it very sacred. And so there there's this intimacy that God desires with us that I think that we sell ourselves short on. I think that a lot of times we we settle for much less 
than what God wants to give when it comes to relationship. I think that we assume that because we can't see him, because we can't touch him, because we can't uh, potentially physically hear him, that that, that means that um, that that relationship is is more shallow or isn't that, that there's not as much to be gained from it or that it's you know whatever and yet that's not the imagery that the bible gives the imagery give, uh, that the bible gives is a, of a god who's incredibly involved with his people who really really wants to connect and, and i've just found that that in my own life the more time that i'm spending with god um, whether that's uh, in nature or whether that's praying or whether that's studying the Bible, the more tangible he becomes. But those times when you're spending more time, I agree, you definitely feel it. And there's definitely times in my life where I can say, I know that was God. But there's other times when you're like, I know all of this. So what? sometimes I feel like, what good is it to know? <laughs> and I know that's faith. It's all those things. And my heart is always for the people that if either just – somehow just fallen off or they've been hurt and they've been discarded and they, they're they trying to find their way back and it just seems like no one's listening. It seems God's not listening and maybe I'm not confident in what I'm, in what I'm doing or what I'm reading or how I'm praying or how do we invite people or how do we create some kind of a way to help people that might be in that situation? Well, Ken mentioned something just just a minute ago, saying that the more we read the Bible, which mm-hmm. I think is was key. I mean, the more I read a love letter, the more I, you know, even if I go back, if, uh, you know, you read old cards sometimes that, yeah. you know, you might have gotten from your wife. The more I read those, the more it's not just validation of those times. It becomes a very tangible journey, you know, mm. the journey. And I think the more we read, it not only makes God more tangible, but it transforms off I, us. I remember one time I was in one of those moments where, I don't know if you were ever there, Ken, but I just couldn't get past anything on, on my sermon. I was working on a sermon <laughs> and I was like at a point where I was like, I feel like just chucking the whole thing <laughs> and starting over. And here it was like, Thursday, you know. Are you not supposed to do that? (laughs) So I'm on this – I have a couch in my office. I'm on this couch and I'm trying to meditate. And my son, I can see him. You know, he's just – at that point, I think he was like seven or eight years old, (laughs) first or second grade or something. And he's banging on the, you know, the door. (laughs) Oh, no. And I'm going, man, I just need to meditate. You know, I just need to get into this, you know (laughs) – transformational, you know, trying to get. And uh, so finally I said, what do you, what, what do you want? And he goes, can you help me? And I go, yeah. Okay. So it was, you know, it was, it was one of those afternoons where I was, okay. So I went over and he had some school project that he was working on. It was a, and it was a making Bible characters or something like that. And I'm sitting there thinking, I got to get back to my sermon. And all of a sudden I realized that God's talking to me through my son. He's talking to me through a transformation that I should have gotten a long time ago. And I think that's how God does it once in a while. He doesn't always become audible like what you you had. I think there's so many times that he places tangible, Mm. not just tangible things to read, but tangible people to experience life through. And I think that's transformational as well. What I mean, how do we know that though? Should we? I mean, is is it always I, come later when you kind of realize that? Because that's usually how it happens to me. Is afterwards I go, whoa, 
what an idiot. I could have I could have used that moment so much better had I just realized what was happening in that moment because I've had those. But why but, didn't you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> trying to decide whether I want to use this metaphor or not, but you know what? I'm I'm me, so I'm gonna use it. Go for it. Has there ever been a time where you were with when you were in a when you were in a dating situation where you wondered whether it was the right thing or not to to kiss the person you were dating, and, and you weren't sure, and, and you and you and you decided not to, and then later on you found out that person would have would have would have liked that. Only once that I can that I know of. Okay. Yeah. Well, how would you know that that person wants wants the kiss? Is you'd have to ask, and also you'd have to know them. And in a part of and, and I use that analogy because if you read song if you read Song of Songs, yes, you'll find out there's a lot more uh, descriptive language in there than I'm using here. <laughs> of course, but the point is is that in order, when, if you don't know somebody, you don't know the cues that you're getting. Mm. Okay, and I think that God speaks to us far more than we realize. I think that God is talking to us all the time; that He's banging on the window mm-hmm. of the study, saying, "Hey, hey, over here," and we we don't even recognize it. I remember one Christmas, Rochelle and I went went shopping for presents, and we were in this mall that was circular, and so we went our separate ways because we were looking for gifts for each other. And I just happened to see Rochelle coming down, and I could tell there was a look of concentration. She was trying to – she was thinking about something. I got right up in her face and waved my hands, <laughs> and she didn't see me. Oh, wow. She didn't see me. We did another lap. I saw her again, did the same thing. She didn't see me. She was so dialed in to what was going on. And I think that sometimes in our life we dial in so much to the to the to the world that we're – that we're not really paying attention to when God talks to us and that when he's speaking to us. And to use another metaphor of Jesus, he said that um, my sheep might know my voice. But if you if you haven't spent any time listening to somebody's voice, you don't recognize it. You don't you don't know it when you hear it on the phone. And so that would be my thing is that if if you want to hear God speaking, you you've got to spend time trying to hear him. And, and that, for me, comes from spending time in the Bible. Yeah. But it's not exclusive to that. I think sometimes yeah. we, we talk about the Bible and we minimize our prayer life and we minimize time spent in uh, in meditation, in nature, being out in nature and really thinking. I know sometimes I felt that, that come the closest to God is when I left my cell phone behind and I went camping and just just me and God. And I've done that with my wife where we went camping. It was like one of the, the, the best getaways that we had. We were out uh, camping in this beautiful spot. We were spending time with God. And it's amazing how God's voice becomes so much clearer when we clear out some of the clutter that, that makes it hard to hear. And I'm not talking about necessarily an audible voice or this loud voice in our mind, but as I look back on my life, I see a lot of times where I miss the opportunity to to be kissed by God because I wasn't paying attention. I, I look and I think, oh, wow, that God wanted to yeah. do something with me right there, and he was actually speaking. Looking back, I can 
see it, see it yeah. with with more years of maturity and further walk in life. I can see it, and uh, and I don't sit back and live in regret because no, that's not what God's not. looking for. But what God is saying is, hey, yeah, get to know me, spend some time with me. Let let me speak to you because I do have something to say. It's amazing to me how God will speak to me. He'll speak to me by the the music on the radio. Absolutely, yeah. Um, there'll I, be I stuff agree. that I'll be listening to, and and I know that's God saying dealing with something that's going on in my life at that moment. And I think sometimes we discount the ways that God reaches out and speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could never um, be that way. And it couldn't no, God yeah. couldn't God could mm-hmm. never use a donkey to talk to somebody. And God could never <laughs> use, you know, that person or sure. this song or that. And and we discount the power of God and the power that he has to speak to us. And with all that saying, I want to take it back to the Bible. The Bible is just this fabulous resource that if we're not using it, why aren't we? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have it's kind of like you have all these beautiful love letters that have been written to you by your significant other and you never you just leave them in a box under your bed and you never take them out and read them and, and read them again. There's there's this beauty in them and you, if you've ever gone back and read letters from you know the that significant other in your life you're like, oh yeah, I remember that, and yeah. oh wow, and oh that I was. I don't put mine. Away. I don't put mine away. I leave them. My wife's left little notes here and there. They're all in my. They're all. In, I'm serious. They're all in my yeah. desk drawer. The ones my girls have have written. Mm-hmm. They used to put in lunchbox. Go off to the office. This and that and the other. I keep them all where I can see them because you're right. They're meaningful and they're great to go back and look at. Yeah. So and I, for the first time, when you you reference this as a you know as a love letter. And we did this really cool thing this week. Ken, we 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 dived deep into technology and said, "Can we do it? <laughs> will it work? We can build it. They will come." And we had shout a, out to Abel for making that shout work. Shout out to Abel for and making it was that his work. idea too. Because I was, was originally I was going to use a whiteboard. Oh, okay. I had okay. a whiteboard that we had actually hauled up onto the stage, and Abel was like, "Do you really want that thing all up there? Or could, <laughs> could we use some technology to make this happen?" And I said, "Hey, if you want to make it happen, so." That it was really good, and that's twice where we've been able to pull off technology in the last like month or two here, and it's worked well both times. So shout out to everyone who had a good idea and then somehow yeah. pulled it off. But it really brought home the idea of what a relationship and what expectations mm-hmm. should be, and like when is it? When are you comfortable in that relationship, and why would you be comfortable? And what does the other person expect out of this relationship? And while obviously it was a very short but very uh, impactful presentation, it also makes you think about, like you said, if you're not communicating with God, if you don't know what his voice sounds like, if you don't know what the expectations are. And Ken lived so close, just like right on the edge this week, took (laughs) took hands like, hey, who wants to come up on stage and be my friend and go through this weird thing that we're not going to really tell you what we're doing. But and we're giving you noise canceling headphones. So you don't even (laughs) even know you had to have a little bit of faith to do that. (laughs) Right. And so um, we had we talked a couple of weeks ago on the podcast because our uh, topic that week, our value that week, as it were, was acceptance. And we had talked about people that were LBGTQ and different things where if your, you know, quote unquote, sin is on the outside, it's easy for people maybe not to accept or to have preconceived ideas. And someone raised their hand in our in the audience this week and he wrote down on the whiteboard, but we couldn't see what it was until 
it was time to uncover it, and he said— Oh, he said it was that um, I'm just coming back to church. Right. That's right. Yeah. I'm just coming back to church. And the second was I'm I'm gay and— I just want to be accepted. And I just want to, oh, it was accepted, not acceptance. And it was just, it was a great, I just thought that as we've been going through this, each week we're, we're building on the last one. And last week I said, well, it seems like, you know, last week is a good place to kind of dust up and look back and see where we've come. And then the very next week, here's someone who comes up and is completely transparent, open and honest, and just says it like it is. I'm, I'm gay and I want to be accepted. And the the reception from everybody there in attendance, I was in at second, and it was just like made my heart feel really, really good that my fellow community of believers here at Whole Life Church welcomed someone that with open arms, regardless of whatever you know, whatever they have going on in their life, and to be that vulnerable and then to just wrap their arms around them. I was proud of our church. I was so I, proud of our church. I, was, I felt so good. I was proud of Dale for being yeah. as vulnerable because in most churches that's a difficult thing to to say. And and he said it uh, probably w- with some hesitation. And you know, and I think I think I was proud of proud of my pastor. I was proud yeah. of I was proud of our congregation. I was very proud that that he felt comfortable enough in being that vulnerable and sure. being able to say those kind of things. Even, you know, to be honest with you, the statement afterwards was was very profound. I just want acceptance. That's what all of us want. Yeah. We we really need a community. And that's the point of I really believe the whole point of the Bible is that God is God is the head of the church and we are his body. Mm. And he's just asking us to love others the way he's loved us all. Yeah. And that's pretty much the theme of our of our of God's church basically. Sure. So acceptance is not a hard thing to ask, but it is a hard thing to ask. I think it's important for us to be all be open and honest about who we are. And the problem the, the thing that keeps us from that is is when people jump in and then start failing to acknowledge our humanity. And say, yeah, you're a human being just like me. And when when we start making belittling statements and statements that are hurtful and, and that are painful, rather than seeing the person, befriending the person and saying, hey, yeah, you're part of the family. Yeah. You're part of the family, just like all the rest of us. You know, I just have... I've worked with enough um, people in enough different places in life that... That acceptance and, you know, jumping back to that sermon a while back, acceptance is one of the things that keeps people out of church who ought to be in church and who would like to be in church. Mm-hmm. They'd like to be yeah. there. They'd like, they they feel a need for church. They feel something missing in their life. They feel like there's something that would benefit them. There's growth that could occur, but they there's enough pain in their life already. Yeah. <laughs> um, so could we, could we just provide a place where they can work through the pain and work through to trying to find the answers that they're looking for. I think that's important to be a church where people can come and and work through the things that they're trying to work through that they that they know that they want to work through that they're they're trying to find answers to and they're trying to find um, find Jesus for yeah. you know to find you know find that deeper walk with Jesus that they want. So it, it's interesting to me how we're we're very 
you know, as long as we don't admit that we have any troubles in our life, as long as we don't admit <laughs> that there's any, then then that's okay. And that's <laughs> that's not what church is about. No. And I just want to go back to a couple of weeks ago again. Uh, I believe the ending to Ken's message went something like, and this is a Randy paraphrase, so forgive me because I wrote this down in a meeting earlier just in between things. But it was not only is everyone welcome that wants to be here at Whole Life Church, but we long for them to come and yeah. to be a part of our to be a part of our community. And I think And I think our church showed that this Sabbath and I was proud of them. They did. And I just and, and to think that so many times we use the Bible as if we're lucky, the velvet sledgehammer, and this time it was an open invitation and a love letter. And I thought how just how meaningful that that was. It's more than just words. We really, really mean it. And if you're listening and thinking, man, I'm like Dale. I think I could come back to church or I'm searching or I'm being – I've got that feeling, that nudging. We'd love to see you. And uh, Dale got a ton of hugs after church. One of them was mine. And I was like, I really hope, right? Like now, like you have to come and make like your this church your home, right? And he's like, well, it'd be kind of hard not to uh, with a big smile. And um, it was great to just get to know him just a little bit better in the quick time that we had. But all right, let's go to our Q&A questions that didn't get answered during the message. And let's see, Lynn J. Reese What's the best way to solve a situation where two people interpret the words or scripture differently? <laughs> that happens a lot, right? I mean, <laughs> all the time. time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Jeff. Do you do I want to kick this one over to you, or do you want do you want me to? <laughs> Well, take. I think that we are always probably going to have nuances hmm. yeah. of of differences. I, I mean, I relate to my sister differently than my sister relates to my sister, my other sister. I have three sisters. So we we all have differences, different relationships. So I, I don't think there should be a problem with us looking at, you know, God in maybe little different ways. I, I do have a problem with us literally using it to find mm, yeah. an, an exclusiveness or maybe an identity that says that I'm superior or any time that we create these condemnations or judgments or even appraisals of somebody else's walk uh, when we haven't given a lot of time to our own <laughs> I think that I think Jesus spoke to that. You know, he talked to the to all of us in a in a big way. Hey, stop trying to work out somebody else's salvation. <laughs> uh, and Paul mentions that actually, work out your own salvation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I think Jesus is. You know, he's understanding. I mean, there's times when. I mean, the whole walk with Jesus was because he knew that each of those disciples were going to have a different perspective yeah. of the time that they had with him. Sure, sure. So, and there's a couple things with it. when it comes to people who have um, come to different conclusions on what the Bible's saying different places. I just had this discussion yesterday with a class that I teach, uh, an Adventist police class that I teach at a uh, private school. Um that isn't Seventh-day Adventist, actually, um, officially. And um, we were talking about the Seventh-day Adventist doctrine of hell and what happens to a person when they die. And one of the students uh, strongly disagreed with the the belief or the theological point that, that Seventh-day Adventists have and that I have. And at the end of it, he said, well, I'm just going to respectfully disagree with you. And I said, 
That's fantastic. I have zero problem with that. Respectful disagreement is okay. Yeah. And and I think that what I like to do, if, if, if the person is sane and reasonable, then I think it's fun to sit down and have a gentle conversation that doesn't involve, you're dumb, you don't know how to read the Bible, I'm smarter than you. Um, but to say, hey, this is the way I see it, these are the verses that I see that, that are supporting the belief supporting. that I have. And then I think there's um, also uh, comes a time where when you're dealing with somebody who isn't able to have a mature conversation about this, where it's just the right thing to say, well, we're going to have to disagree on this, and that's okay, and I don't want to – I'm not going to debate it out with you because neither one of us <laughs> well, are yeah. probably going to change our opinions, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, and I'm no. okay, and I, But for some people, it's not okay. It's like if you don't change, then then the, then then you know then what are we going to do but i we i think we need to live in the tension of being okay with people not being in the same place that we're in yeah. um and being okay with that that's all right you know yeah. it doesn't mean that god's not working on their life any more than he's working on our life and there's been a couple times in life I was pretty convinced I was right theologically, and I've had to backtrack and be like, hmm, okay, it turns maybe. out that you were right. Yeah, maybe you were right. I think we do have to assess, too, our motivations for needing to be right. Mm. Yeah, that's good for point. sure. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times that really does get in the way of being able to be open yeah. to – My big thing is – but just don't forget your values. Don't forget to be loving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be forget – we sometimes say, well – it's okay to to discard love and grace for the bozos out there that disagree <laughs> with me and that that are clearly wrong and yeah. are this that and another and that's just not the way that the bible portrays grace no. and so i think that it's a good thing to advocate strongly for what's right and to do that but yeah. i think it's um also important to do it in a way that the other person would understand it or love. I just uh, think that if you really care about somebody, you love them and you get close to them and you spend time with them and it's in community and relationship that people generally begin to to see things and to change. And so I think that when you're in a disagreement over a text or whatever, I think that you can respectfully disagree or whatever. Um, but I think you can also live in relationship with that person Sure. And show that why what you're saying is living your life that what, way. What works and what's right. Yeah. Um, All right, Trafina Powell Brown, you are back again. Thank you for your question. How do we get rid of doubts that the Bible isn't true? Oh, I think that's a real question in today's society, where we're being told that um, the Bible is is not a reliable historical document, and that it's. Um, and I think that. Um, how do you get rid of doubt? Um, my answer is read it. Um, <laughs> spend some time in it and weigh the claims it makes. It's, I, I really think that the Bible is actually one of the most historically viable, verifiable documents out there in my research and what I what I look at. There's, there's so much there. But the Bible is just this, this beautiful document, and to have doubts is normal. It's not wrong, but my my encouragement is just read the Bible, spend some time in it, do your research, and I think that if you come at it with a you know, sincere heart, I think you'll find the proof that you need for what you believe. I know that you know, I think at church the point was made about the case for Christ and Lee Strobel, who started off an atheist and convinced himself of the, the validity of Christianity through his own research. So... 
you know, my answer is is go out there and, and do your research. And I think that if you ask God to open your eyes and to help you know the truth, I'm quite confident he will. That feeds into our final question from Gilda Anadi, who said, what does the Bible say about unity among humanity? And I'm like, is that just like if you look at it from the love letter part? Well, uh, if <laughs> what does the Bible have to say unity? I think the most powerful thing that the Bible has to say about unity is what Jesus had to say about unity in the book of John. Um, in his, his final prayer, he prays that that we would all be one. And he also says that he has sheep in other pastures, which to me says that that God is not limited to to one pasture, <laughs> which is sometimes we like to say he's limited to just my church or this place or that place. And I think that um I think that it's significant that the, one of the last things Jesus asked for before he's crucified is that that we would all be one. I think that we spend so much time focusing on so many other parts of the Bible, we sometimes lose sight of the of one of the main things that God wants is that he wants us to love him, mm, yeah. and he wants us to love each other. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, if you missed this week's message, please check out Speaking of Grace. You'll find it there. You can find the replay on, the, on our website, wholelife.church. One of our Whole Life Takeaways asked, when was the time that your study of the Bible deepened your friendship with God? And I think that was a perfect— a perfect one. And the the reason I chose it was because I did it for myself, really, because it's a good reminder that if you can think of that time and if you have that to go back to, think about how good your life was and how good that friendship was, even if your life, like the other parts of it, weren't maybe so good because sometimes that happens. But how you approach the things that weren't good and then how much better you approach the things that really were good or how well you cultivated the good things instead of the negative things and um, and find yourself in that because that's really what it did for me. And if there was a time when you had that deepening friendship with God and there's something that came out of that, we would love to hear how that affected you and maybe how it has changed how you view the Bible and how you view your relationship with God. Send those to 407-965-1607. You can leave a voicemail or just a text message or podcast at wholelife.church. Our final thoughts are from the closing to Ken's message. I absolutely love this. He said, you can decide for yourself. Do you want to take this Bible? And do you want it to look like the owner's manual to a car? Because it's big enough to be an owner's manual of a car, at least. Or would you rather have it look like a love letter? And that's it, it sounds really easy at the at the top of it. But I've been thinking about this since first service on Saturday and multiple times in between there. And there's a lot of unpacking that you can do around this and how you can apply it. And it, I would say don't worry if this is something new, a new idea to you. But just like Ken said, like, what's the best version of the Bible to read or the ver- best version of the Bible? It's the one you read. Right. And that was that was, again, an easy statement, but really true. <laughs> it doesn't matter if, if you're not into it. So this is just an invitation to open up that Bible and see what God has for you. And just remember, I mean, a love letter. It's not a weapon. It's not the velvet sledgehammer. It's just a love letter from God that we can continually have access to him. So this week we continue on. This is us. How many more do we have left? Uh, there's two. Two, and this is? This is worship. Ooh, worship. Worship. Ooh, turn on the fog machine and the lights and hit the hit the trap set. Let's roll. It is a cappella Sabbath at our <laughs> church. Yes, it is. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I think we're going to be getting to the heart, heart. of oh, worship, oh, if you would. Yeah. Man. Yeah, 
finished. All right. That's awesome. Okay, so two left, and then, oh, let's make a call for the next series, right? We got two weeks before— uh, Okay, so I am super psyched because there's there's the next series, but then there's the series— Is it is it two? Th- so there's— We've got this series that we're wrapping up, and then we have something really super special that we're going to be doing over a couple Sabbaths. And I, I'm not sure whether I want to give too much of it away. Okay. But it, it's, um, well, I'll just tell you, it's called Chosen. Oh, it's I called didn't Chosen. Know about this. Not the television series, okay? Okay. But it's called Chosen, and it is going to be life changing. I, I, I guarantee it. Ooh. So prove me wrong, but. It's going to change in two weeks. It's going to change your life, and it's going to change somebody else's life. It, I, I, I guarantee it. So this is this is super more? exciting. I might be willing to tell you a little bit more next week. Next week, and or then the for sure the week after, after that, I will definitely. Um, okay. I want to talk about it a lot more when we when we do our value of participation. So that's going to be amazing, and uh, I'm really already ex- so excited. We've been working on this, and uh, there's some really good stuff happening there. And then after that is another series where we want you to tell me what I should preach about. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, so that's going to be fun. So you can uh, email Tammy at wholelife.church and tell her what you think Ken should preach about. Awesome. And uh, she's going to go through the mountain of suggestions. <laughs> she's going to see what uh, what uh, if there's reoccurring themes, she may narrow it down a little bit. But uh, all good suggestions are being taken. And then nice. what, what happens is she actually does not tell me. Uh-oh. She does not tell me what my topic is until I think Sunday. Um, <laughs> so I have basically that week to mm, wrap mm, my mm. mind around your your requested topic. So all right, I feel it. like uh, I feel like it's I'm I'm kind of excited about it actually. So. I'm excited about it as well. And just to be clear, it's T A M I. Is that what did I say? Church. You said T A M I. Oh, okay. okay. Just to make sure it's not, <laughs> just so they know. Yeah, just yeah, so yeah. they know that it comes. Yeah, T A M I at wholelife.church and send that in. And we'll make sure or podcast at whole life church. Whole life dot church. church. And I think what's fun about this for me is that you're going to get to pick the topic, but you know you're going to get my twisted uh, take <laughs> on it because I don't. You know, it, you're beginning to understand I don't usually come at most topics from the. Uh, so what you're saying is, like, after two weeks, we can uh, we can expect to, or maybe after the chosen, at least when we get to this series, ask Ken or what Ken should preach on. Welcome back, the Velvet Sledgehammer. I feel like it will probably make an appearance at some point. All right. That's a new hashtag, the Velvet Sledgehammer. So if you're, you know, if you're going to tag the show and stuff. It's a thing. If you put it in there, we'll, we'll, we'll find it because I have all of these inside Twitter and other places where I can find there out you if go. you're coming back. But all right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. It was a great message. Please don't miss it. And we'll be back with you next week for Speaking of Grace and hear the message. And, of course, next Wednesday morning right here. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>